0: Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, the good, the bad, and the ugly from Friday's preseason game against the Chiefs. Yeah, there was a little bit of everything. We'll get into it all. But hey, let's not bury the lead. J.J. Watt is back on the practice field. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 456, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals and by Arizona Cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com podcasts going for Hopkins one-handed catch and a touchdown DeAndre Hopkins
0: here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki It's just a practice, and it's just position drills. At least that's all that is open to the media here. But as we speak, MJ, J.J. Watt is practicing. His first training camp practice, remember he had a hamstring issue pop up during the run test back on July 27th. Almost four weeks later, Watt is back.
1: And this was the plan all along. Uh, You know, you didn't know when they talk about a hamstring, was it a strain and, you know. Um, obviously you don't have to have an injury report, but I, I was thinking the Cardinals break camp on the 26th. They have a preseason game coming up on Saturday against the Saints, which he will not play, and I'm sure the majority of the starters will not play. And then you're back to kind of the routine, but I like the fact that he's he's going to do it. Um, he's on the field today. And to me, it's the fact that he's been on the field during practice, he's been in the meetings, but now he can participate in drills and help these guys out. Because when you're in street clothes, it's a little bit different, even though we know he's put his arm around some of these young guys like Two, Richard Lawrence, Zach Allen. So just his presence on the practice field, I think we're going to see some energy um, from what we saw earlier today.
0: He always has had an impact with his voice. But to your point, now that you're going through drills, you're going through it with your teammates as opposed to standing and watching and speaking. Now you can go through it and then lead by example and really get in there and show these young players what – has been taught to them and where he can do some tweaks and really get in the weeds, so to speak. And again, you're, to your point, he's not going to play this week at New Orleans. But if you can ramp up and certainly get your feet wet, get the rust off, if there is any rust with the J.J. Watt, and then make sure you're completely 100% for week one.
1: Yeah, and because of only three preseason games this year, the Cardinals basically will have a bye after their third preseason game coming up on, on Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock. So they'll have a, a buy, and then, you know, clearly you don't want to give the game plan too early. I'm sure the staff has already looked at every single opponent, and then you go back to what they're not doing in the preseason, so you don't have to focus on that. So, yeah, I I, I just think that this was the plan all along, and, you know, give him credit because it probably wasn't easy when he's got to do interviews on television, and you know, the last couple of preseason games, but he broke his own news. And that's not the only news today because – You know, even though it was more of a formality for J.J. Watt, Dennis Gardeck, I mean, he's 193 days removed from surgery. Now, to me, if I look at this and I handicap it, if he would have started the season on PUP, he would have missed the first six weeks. You know, the fact that he's ahead of schedule and we know he's a a special teams demon when it comes to covering kicks and everything else, this allows the Cardinals to give him a little flexibility. Let's say he doesn't play the first – two or three games, but now you can bring him back at that fourth game, fifth game, or sixth game, and watch his snap count because, you know, after Chandler and Marcus Golden and Kennard, I mean, Kylie Fitz is more of a, you know, a, a tone setter or set the edge. You're going to need somebody to rush the quarterback, you know. So, and, and I don't know what we're all anticipating is is, is Chandler Jones going to have 10 sacks, 12 sacks, 14. Is Golden going to have eight to ten? Is J.J. Watt going to have, you know, six to eight sacks? I mean, from the defensive tackle position. So it's going to be interesting, but. I think it's the right move, and uh, you know, we know that you don't bet
0: against Dennis Gardeck, but
1: 193 days happened on January 11th. That's when he announced on Instagram that he had ACL surgery.
0: And it's a sign that he is ahead of schedule, which Kingsbury has been pretty clear about whenever he is asked about Dennis Gardeck. And once again, the team will be cautious, maybe even more so, but to have this move now as opposed to next week or the following week, it's certainly all right. You can only do so much rehab, running around, stretching. Now let's see how you do with the pads on or with shells on, and you're getting bumped, you're getting knocked around a little bit, and see how that knee responds. I'm sure he's done forward, backward, side to side, the quick cut, the quick movement, but now let's see what happens when there's an object in front of you, meaning another An opponent, in this case, you know, a teammate, but an offensive lineman or a tight end. How do you react? And then how is he certainly on special teams? But it is a position that is in need of some help because Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden have both been out. They are both expected back at some point this week, according to Kingsbury. And the beneficiary to all of this has been Victor DiMuchegi, who I think has certainly turned some heads as a day three draft pick Certainly knows he has to make his mark on special teams, and he's involved in all four phases. But without a Jones, without a Golden, without a Gardek, there have been a lot of snaps for Demukeji, and he played 58 out of 77 defensive snaps Friday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. There was a tackle for loss. There was a pressure on Mahomes, so Demukeji has flashed. The question is, has he flashed enough to make himself irreplaceable on that 53-man roster? I think
1: he has, and he plays um, He plays hard. He runs at the ball. I mean, he, a lot of times, yes, he's getting tackles down the line of scrimmage or four or five yards from the line of scrimmage, but he, he runs hard. So, you know, the way I look at it, Craig, is – you start looking at the linebacking uh, position. Let's start at the outside. We just mentioned a few guys. So you got Jones, Golden, Kennard, Gardeck, and Fitz. Fitz is more of a uh, sets the edge, plays on teams. Then you got Collins, Simmons, Hicks. And I don't know how much these guys are going to play on, on defense, but you still have Tanner Vallejo and Ezekiel Turner. That's nine right there. Victor Demikici. He could be the 10th guy. Now, again, how many of these guys are active on game day? you got to figure, you know, when you look at uh, the top four would be Jones, Golden, Kennard, and Gardick. Maybe Fitz takes Gardick's spot until he gets back. And then you're definitely going to have Collins, Simmons, Hicks, and Tanner and Turner active on game day. Now, the other two play more on teams, but that's the way I look at it. And if you're going to add Victor, that could almost be 10 players, basically a linebacker. And when you play a 3-4, you probably can get away with
0: it. And don't forget about the versatility of an Isaiah Simmons, who can also either split out as a edge rusher or drop into coverage as an outside linebacker as well. So a lot of different options for the Cardinals. So J.J. Watt is off PUP. Dennis Gardeck is off PUP. The other move on Monday, Andy Isabella activated from the reserve COVID-19 list, which is great to hear and good to see him on the practice field he has not participated in the previous two preseason games one more opportunity that comes your way on Saturday against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans and Kingsbury was very blunt about it as far as what's at stake for Isabella he called this a big week for Isabella one how does he feel How does he look? And then based off what Isabella is able to do in practice, the anticipation is that Isabella will be on the field for a long period of time on Saturday just in order to get the reps and to put something on tape, if not for the Cardinals, some other team. You're very clear about Isabella having a spot on this roster. I'm not... As adamant about that, but I would like to see what he is capable of doing. Provided he feels okay, we don't know how it was missing these two preseason games. The symptoms that he may or may not have had, don't know uh, all the extent of it. But hopefully soon we'll get a chance to hear from Isabella and he can kind of open the door on what he's been going through.
1: Now we know he's a hard worker, and according to Kingsbury, he's been working out on uh, you know on his own on the side. Uh, Clearly couldn't be around the team, so that's a good sign. You know, it's an important week for all these guys, Keyshawn Johnson. And when you're not a starter, but I, I still feel comfortable that Andy Isabella is a guy that can play inside and outside. And he may be in street clothes, um, you know, in sweats on game day if they keep six. But I, I still think he's a six receiver on this roster.
0: The three moves, in addition to Watt, Gardek and Isabella, the team did release tight end Ian Bunting and wide receiver Rico Gafford. Also waived. Failed physical, cornerback Luke Barku, who was claimed off of waivers on Friday. So that is the latest with respect to the rosters as we speak here on August 23rd.
1: And according to Kingsbury, we could see some guys we haven't seen in a few different weeks, and that would be Justin Murray, Brian Winters. I'd probably... Don't think they're going to play because they got to get in football shape. And then Justin Pugh is still on the shelf.
0: Correct. He remains on that reserve COVID 19 list, as does Jordan Phillips. So we'll keep an eye on those. Just be great to see Murray and Winters on the field. And can they play themselves, one, into shape and then play themselves back into the mix at the right guard competition? I think they can based off how much time there is between now and September 12th. And Worst-case
1: scenario, you, you got to feel comfortable with their top eight or nine linemen then. You know, we know Max Garcia is your backup guard or center. Clearly we will back up Rodney Hudson. And then if Murray could be your swing tackle, if Josh Jones stays there, and then Winters could also be your backup guard at left or right guard. Now we know he's played with Beecham in the past. So they could keep ten linemen, and they've talked about that second unit. Clearly there's a reason why the starters are making more money and higher um, accolades, but they feel comfortable with their top eight or nine, and that's going to go a long way. We know injuries occur. Sometimes it's certain positions like the D-line right now, and these guys have missed some time with COVID and everything else, but I think the arrow's pointing in the right direction where this team's going to be healthy. Uh, going into week one.
0: An update, Bird Gang, on the Emmy award-winning series Cardinals flight plan. Episode number five, titled Take the Lead, debuts August 26th on the Cardinals' official YouTube channel. Again, that is August 26th, so later this week as the Cardinals continue to give you unprecedented behind-the-scenes access on what is going on here at Cardinals training camp, powered by Cox. We continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, MJ, let's get into it. Preseason game number two. We've had a couple of days to digest what we saw. You want to start with the offense, defense, or really throw everyone a curveball and talk special teams first? Let's talk
1: about the offense. Do we have to? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you described it in a text earlier, the good, bad, and the ugly. So, do you want to start at the end? Because that was ugly. Yes. Okay, so, listen, we all know that Kyler Murray doesn't like to play in the preseason. But as a competitor, when you step on the field, you have to compete. And I don't care if the game's not it's an exhibition game where, you know, it's really not going to affect your stats and – You know, it was disappointing, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, you know, I thought, you know, again, I'm not going to yell fire in a theater because James Conner and and, uh, Chase Edmonds, I mean, with the three snaps, I mean, I I think they played 13 total, seven and six, but I don't know how many rushes they had. No DeAndre Hopkins, you know, kind of limited, um, you know, uh, A.J. Green. They really didn't even dress their tight ends, so to speak. I mean, they – Max Williams was on the bench, so oh, he was out sick. Yeah, sick. Excuse so he wasn't me. even in the building. Okay, great, sick. So, but I know he wasn't out there. So, you know, um, I, I again, you like to see them put a better product out there because people, you know, they spend money on these preseason games. Uh, but I'm not concerned. I know what this offense can look like when things are clicking. You give me Hopkins out there, and you give me A.J. Green, who's going to play 50 to snaps a game, and get your offensive line figured out, and get that running game going. We know how important that running game and play action are going to work. and Carlos had a really good camp, but the, uh, again, I, don't, I know he doesn't like the preseason. Not a lot of veterans do, but he's only in his third year. You see Tom Brady playing. You see other quarterbacks playing, and that's the only way you're going to get better, but um, they have a really good defense. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, this team was represented in the Super Bowl. It wasn't because of their defense last year. It was more about their offense that couldn't protect Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And so, I mean, no excuses, but when you're on the field – and you're representing the Cardinals, you have to compete, and I don't know if the offense competed 80% versus 100%.
0: Really, really conflicted by what I saw offensively. Yes, it's preseason. It doesn't count, but whether it's the preseason, the regular season, or just practice, the standard should be execution. Do your job, win your one-on-one matchups. And we did not see that over three series with the first-team offense. And it did leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth because I don't expect to see Kyler Murray on the field in New Orleans. I don't expect to see a lot of the first-team offense play any snaps against the Saints. So this was the one and only opportunity to see this offense. And you're looking for anything to get the fan base, the media, everyone, national media, get them excited about week one at Tennessee, and now it's like, oh, really? Well, if that was what you're going to show, why even play at all? And so I understand the fan base being upset, concerned. I'll I'll agree with anything anyone says, yet it is the preseason. It doesn't count. We know Kyler Murray's thoughts on that. He made it very clear in the days leading up to it, but – it was to me inexcusable that you could not gain a first down. I don't care who they were playing, who the opponent was. The first first down was not recorded until the 4:42 mark of the second quarter. Colt McCoy was the quarterback. Kyler Murray had already taken his shoulder pads off the field and was standing on the sideline. So that can't happen, preseason or regular season. All
1: right, let's take at the uh, look. Let's look at the nine plays. It won't it won't take us very long. <laughs> All right, Cardinals first and ten at their eight. Chase Edmonds, three yards. No huddle shotgun. Murray um, left to Rondell Moore, two yards. And then Murray and Rondell Moore had a miscommunication. He was wide open in the middle of the field. Looked like one was thrown to the outside and the receiver was running to the inside. That's going to happen. Punt. Cardinals get the ball back. First and ten from their 25. Shotgun scrambles. Murray runs out of bounds. Plus eight. Plus eight. Okay. Connor goes minus one.
0: Well, see, here, let, me, let me backtrack on that James Conner one because he started straight and then bounced to the outside right and lost a yard. And what we've heard from James Conner is running downhill between the tackles. If that's, your, if that's what you do then run between the tackles. Yeah, (laughs) Find that hole if you can or fall forward. Don't try to bounce it outside because the first impression or the first thing anyone's going to remember or think about is Kenyon Drake bouncing to the outside trying to outrun someone, and I don't think James Conner has that ability to outrun some of those defenders.
1: Yeah, and and again, not making excuses. Uh, They have a really good defense. So, okay, good, good observation on your part. And then Kyler Murray, shotgun, incomplete pass to Christian Kirk, drop.
0: He had it and then lost it. If you want to credit the defense, that's fine. But he had the football, and then all of a sudden it hit the ground.
1: Okay, so a couple opportunities. When you get eight yards on first down, you should be able to – even if it's only one first down. All right, let's go to the next one. First and 10, Cardinals at the 46. Kyler Murray sacked. Kyler, throw the ball away.
0: Yeah, let's – discuss this because one it was something that we saw way too many times not even last year but 2019 and that is the drifting going backwards as opposed to stepping up in the pocket and going forwards but Murray constantly tries to outrun defenders he can't yes he's fast but the angles that these defensive linemen, these linebackers take, I don't care how fast you are, you are not going to get to the outside. Maybe once every ten times, but more times than not, Kyler Murray is not going to get to that corner and turn upfield. You have to throw the football away. You can't go out of bounds, short of the line of scrimmage for a sack. That is just inexcusable and the worst play of the nine plays to me that we saw out of the offense.
1: Well, the next play, he's sacked by Chris Jones. The the fumble and recovered by Josh Jones, and then third and twenty three, uh, passing complete short to the middle of AJ Green and a punting. So yeah, I mean, but there were opportunities. You had you had him should have thrown the ball away. You had Kirk drop the ball, and then a miscommunication with him and Rondell Moore. Now, this is what the preseason is about. It shouldn't happen during the regular season, even though when you're mixing and matching different personnel, and yes, they've had a ton of reps, but you're still going to have some miscommunication. You just hope that it doesn't cost you a possession, or you're forced to punt. And I'm okay punting if you get 10 or 11 possessions, but... These are things that happen in the preseason, but you got to clean them up. You can't beat yourselves. My biggest issue with this team this year, yes, talent alone it will help you on game day. We know execution. I like the offense and defensive line. But if they beat themselves, they will not have a winning record.
0: Uh, interesting to hear Rondell Moore talk postgame about that third and five. He noted to the media that he recognized zone, so he sat down and looked for the football, and it seemed like maybe Kyler Murray expected him to continue going across. Now, Christian Kirk was in the area as well. He was behind maybe about three or four yards further upfield, so maybe Murray saw something different. Don't know, and we still don't because the other negative was that Kyler Murray did not make himself available to the media post game. and that is disappointing from a fan base and, yes, from a media standpoint because every starting pitcher does it, every starting goalie does it, the face of the franchise in the National Basketball Association does it. I don't care if it's preseason or regular season. You have to speak post-game, even if it is for five minutes. Fans want to hear from you. We want to hear what went wrong. And I don't care if he spoke to ESPN during the game. In fact, here is what he said to ESPN on the sidelines. Quote, not the outing we had hoped for, but it is what it is. Doesn't count. Look forward to the regular season starting in a couple of weeks. Then he added, I just think we got to clean some stuff up. Get some things right. They kicked our butt for the three drives. We're out there. It is what it is. We'll be better when it counts. End quotes. All right. There's no reason why he couldn't have said that at the podium to the rest of the media and everyone waiting to hear from him. So I was disappointed in the fact that he did not speak post game. But it's done. It's in the past. And now we'll just wait until week one because that is what we are left with because, again, not expecting to see Kyle Murray against the Saints on Saturday night.
1: No, and – I don't like this it-is-what-it-is stuff. I mean, yes, he, he announced they got their, kick, their butts kicked, but I, I listened to Rondo Moore in a press conference. Man, this guy, he kind of reminds me of a young Anquan Bolden. He, he said, you know what, I'm glad this happened because we get back on the practice field and now we can figure things out versus, oh, it is what it is. And this, the other- This guy, he, Craig, you know what I was told the other day? If you're standing on the sidelines, regardless of who you are, Suits, I, I someone said hi to him. He didn't even look. He, he didn't even just kept going. I mean, I, I can't say enough about this guy's mentality. And, yes, he's got to stay healthy. He's got all the attributes, and we'll look at this draft and the first two picks, and I think Marco Wilson's got a bright future and we'll let everything else fall into place. But, he, he, I mean – it, it, he's not—he's not a cliche guy. He's not. There's none. No, there's nothing BS about this guy, and I can appreciate that. It reminds me of Q when he was here. There's no all business, all business. And if your if, if your head's not on a swivel, they'll try to run through you.
0: He is focused on not only doing his job but improving what he is asked to do. And we did see, let's move into special teams as we talk about Rondell Moore. He had three catches for 15 yards, one carry for nine yards, but he did. Drop back as far as field kickoffs and field punts, something that I had wanted to see the week prior, in the Dallas Cowboys game didn't. And for a while there, it didn't seem like we were going to get to see that, but we did. And it was brought up on Monday at the Kingsbury about the one specific punt in which it was a fair catch, but Rondell Moore ran up, didn't let the ball bounce. And when the ball bounces – you know, you don't know where that's going to go. Most likely it's going to go backwards, and all of a sudden you get an extra 10, 15 yards tacked on to the kick, and you're further back as far as where the offense begins. But he ran up to the ball caught it with the fair catch signal, and that was something Kingsbury noted that Jeff Rogers, the special teams coordinator and assistant head coach, noted as well and was impressed with. So I do think it bodes well for Rondell Moore. As dynamic as we all expect him to be in the passing game, I am bullish on what he is going to be able to do as far as returning kickoffs and or returning punts this season. Yeah,
1: and and listen, you and I – were. I think we see stuff, and then we look at it a little bit different. You were adamant that you wanted to see him out there, and I was trying to relate to the to the listeners, is that he is retrieving punts in practice. But you, you were right on, and I'm thinking um, they already showed a little bit, as you pointed out in week one, um, with some of the jet sweeps and possibly gadget plays. But it, you just can't go through the entire preseason without him to go, have another team going breathing down his throat. So you were right. Um,
0: wait, wait, what was that again? I said you were right. Oh, wait. Did you hear that, Bird Gang? <laughs> all right, just making sure. Never mind.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I, I, it wasn't like he wasn't – it's different in practice because it's usually it's a jugs machine, and they, they do have two punters. You don't want Andy Lee punting all the time. They got Winslow now. So the ball's a little bit different coming off the jugs machine. But it was important – for them to get him out there and that's exactly what you said.
0: And we did see Eno you know, Benjamin as well as far as kick return uh, so I do think that the Cardinals know what they have in Rondell Moore, Eno Benjamin and whether, you know, Christian Kirk on punt, maybe Andy Isabella. So they have options and I do think they feel better today than they did maybe with, you know, it's one thing to have an I- idea on what to do It's another thing to actually execute that idea and then come out of it on the other end and say, you know what, we were right, let's continue to go with it.
1: And Darren Urban, uh, our colleague, asked Cliff uh, on Monday that is it possible that you'd keep four running backs? And he said, yes, I could. I do think, you know, I think Jonathan Ward's still ahead of Angel Benjamin. Um, Jonathan Ward was a guy last year that kind of cut his teeth on teams. Um, we can sit here and say we don't know if Connor and Edmonds is going to last all 17 games. I mean, you got to assume maybe 15, 16 we'd sign up for right now. Um, but, you know, Benjamin's done everything he could possibly do. Um, you know, he'll be he'll – be the, the, the if, some, if an injury comes to that position, and it wouldn't surprise me if they looked at the waiver wire to get a veteran on the practice squad just to kind of get some insurance. But uh, all four guys have flashed. We just haven't seen a lot of Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner and I think they're hiding that going into the season, knowing what this offense means when they can run the football.
0: The other notes on special teams as I went back and rewatched the game, Marco Wilson as a gunner is something to pay attention to. I don't know if he has the speed that a Trent Shurfield had as far as a gunner. And when I know, you know, if you're going to race those two, yes, Marco Wilson is faster than Trent Shurfield. But there is a difference when you are trying to run downhill and you've got two guys in your way and you have to go outside as far as the sidelines are concerned and then take kind of a roundabout way to get downfield. But Marco Wilson, number 20, is consistently, if not the first guy, one of the first – players down the field as far as the coverage units are concerned and I do think you know we'll get into what he's done as a defensive player but I am impressed by what Marco Wilson has been able to show here not only in practice but in games as a gunner because I don't think it's something he did a lot at Florida
1: I'll say this I mean it, he flashed he you know I can tell in in offseason workouts the the front office and the scouts were intrigued now People are going to hear this, and I go, oh, okay, this is this is coming from the Cardinals. The Cardinals had a second-round grade on him, got him in the fourth round. People were freaking out they didn't get a corner, and then they trade up. He's going to be active on game day, and, you know, right now they could keep five corners. I was told that Denard's still in the mix. They think he can play a little safety. He's a guy that can play inside and outside, and depending on how many safeties you keep right now, probably five, when you look at Buddha, the Thompson twins. Uh, banjo and then Charles Washington. I, I know that the ball was thrown to him, you got to be in the right place at the right time. And then you got Sean Williams and Wiggins. So um, the Cardinals could take 10, five at the safety position, and five corners. And then you would think Denard would be down because of Wilson's activity on special teams. But again, I think Tate Gowen's probably got an uphill. The climb to make the active 53-man roster.
0: The secondary position based off what we saw and maybe what we didn't see Friday night against the Chiefs because Darquez Dinard did not play. Daryl Worley did not play. And in the safety position, Deontay Thompson and James Wiggins played zero defensive snaps. They got hurt at some point in that game, forcing Sean Williams to play a lot of safety and some different shuffling as far as some corners, having to play a little safety. So I don't know what this means moving forward, but you look at the depth as far as the names in there, specifically at safety, veterans Chris Banjo, Charles Washington, Sean Williams, veterans who we saw Banjo pressed into duty last year. I thought, held himself very well as a safety because of the injuries at that position outside of Buda Baker. I'm curious on what they do because right now I look and there's seven players in that safety room, three who are special teams beasts and can also play safety, and that would be Banjo, Washington, and Williams.
1: Yeah, right now, I mean, if I had a guess, um, you can try to slide Sean Williams on the practice squad, and I think Wiggins is just a numbers game practice squad. Uh, Again, I I like his upside. He's active on special teams, and since we're uh, talking about, you know, the corner position as a whole, um, according to Pro Football Focus, the Cardinals have two of the NFL's 15 highest graded cornerbacks through two preseason games. Byron Murphy, third. He's played 36 snaps, 92.8. No surprise. If you talk to Vance Joseph, I don't think this is anything. And then Marco Wilson, 13th. He's played 45 snaps. He only played 10 snaps in the last game. He played 35 week in week one. You know, obviously Butler played four. Uh, Butler played one. Alford and um, Alford and, and Murray only played four snaps in the first preseason game. So he only played 10 last week. But his grade was 85.9, 45 snaps. So. 35 in the first week and then 10 last week.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they just have seen enough out of Marco yeah. Wilson and don't want to risk injury moving well, forward. Well, I
1: think because of the matchups. I mean, look look at the, the Alford and Butler and Murphy snaps.
0: They're somewhere in the 30s. Murphy played 32, Alford played 32, and Malcolm Butler, as I look and try to scan, M. Butler, and there it is, 22 snaps. So, yeah, so, he, the, so you're the top three, and then the fourth is going to get Fewer and reps. that's
1: – so the other ones were 32. So Marco Wilson got 10 reps from that position.
0: Got it. Yeah, it's – he is he is going to be active because of his ability on special teams. Can, can he find his way onto the field as a defensive back at some point? Maybe maybe sometimes you do see him on the field as the fourth corner just because you want your best defenders on the football field regardless if you're listed as a cornerback or a safety.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where, you know – If the Cardinals want to go nickel and dime, I mean, you gotta we gotta talk about Isaiah Simmons here. Yeah, he he could play in the slot. He can cover the tight end. So. You know, even though he may not be listed as that, but it, when they go nickel and dime, you got to think three corners, possibly three safeties, and then I think Isaiah would be the the wild card.
0: All right, let's discuss what we saw out of the defense on Friday night as we continue here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We continue to cover Cardinals training camp, powered by Cox. The team breaks camp later this week on Thursday. And as we speak, the team is out on the practice field getting ready for this week's contest at the New Orleans Saints. But defensively, Leckie Fotu, good to see him make his preseason debut. He got the start and played a lot. He was in there until the fourth quarter. Zach Allen did not play which was interesting because he had been back at practice the days leading up. Corey Peters did not play. Rashard Lawrence did not play. And, of course, Jordan Phillips uh, remains on the reserve COVID-19 list. And we already discussed Victor DiMuchegi, who made the most, I think, of his reps at outside linebacker. But the first team defense, let's talk about the inside linebackers because they're joined at the hip. If you're going to talk about Zayvon Collins, you got to talk about Isaiah Simmons. If you talk about Isaiah Simmons, you got to talk about Xavier Collins. Whether that's fair or not, I just think they're, they're going to be on the field together a lot. Now, hopefully that's the case not only this season, but for the next 10, 12, 15 seasons. But I thought after what we saw against the Dallas Cowboys, there are no big flash plays, but overall I thought they each performed well. They each finished with four tackles. In their first half, worth worth of work.
1: Isaiah was night and day. I thought he was hesitant in week one, and we talked about him, you know, getting uh, on on-field coaching from Billy Davis about hands and and, and not over pursuing. Sometimes you just got to slow down, and look at the target. He I, he covered Travis Kelsey. Kelsey had one catch for eight yards. Tra- Kelsey played 31 snaps. Um, I thought Zayvon was fine, but I you know listening to him in the post-game show. He was hard on himself. He missed some tackles, over-pursuing. That's going to happen. So I thought he flashed in week one, and I thought Isaiah Simmons flashed in week two from a standpoint of, you mentioned they both had four tackles in the first half, the eight combined tackles. They were around the ball. Um, but it was nice to see Isaiah because, you know, uh, i kind of been bullish about him taking that next step, give him an entire offseason, get him a couple preseason games. But uh, I'm glad he was able to take coaching because um, – he looked like he was more confident versus – I thought he was hesitant in the first game, and I don't know why, but that just happens in human nature.
0: On the first series, he had a good open field tackle. on um, Michael Hardman on third and nine, and you thought you get the, the offense off the field, but Andy Reid in the preseason is going for it, and they ended up going for it on fourth and three and converted. Happened later on in the first half as well. But Simmons had a good open field tackle, And I just think he was where he needed to be. He was also in coverage uh, a lot, too. And you brought up covering Travis Kelsey, but being or seeing number nine away from the box, if you will, way outside, past behind the line of scrimmage, you know, you're talking 15, 20 yards, whether he's covering a slot receiver, a wide receiver, or a tight end, he's running step for step with these players, which shows his speed and athleticism. But I do think he is playing smarter, and it goes to the reps that he got a year ago minus an offseason, taking those reps with a full offseason and now showing here in the preseason what he was unable to do a year ago because there was no preseason. Isaiah Simmons, I think, has taken a dramatic step forward in his developments and what we can expect on a week-in, week-out basis. Well,
1: considering the Cardinals, you know, they were missing some starters on defense, including J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Uh, Marcus Golden wasn't out there? Correct. Okay. They held Patrick Mahomes to three points. He threw an interception in the end zone. His quarterback rating was 43. So, to me, they did their job, and that's why we're talking about Byron Murphy and Collins and all these guys playing over 30 snaps. So that was a great test for them. And they, and to me, the backup quarterbacks, I thought they were able to throw the ball in the Cardinals' uh, you know, secondary, the younger guys out there. Cardinals don't have any sacks in the preseason. As uh, Kyle Vanderbosch pointed out, they've, they've given up nine, which is going to happen when you got Strevel running around with his head cut off at times. Colt McCoy does a good job. But uh, the fact that they held the Chiefs, and Cardinals didn't give up a ton of rush yards. They weren't gashed like you would have thought with the play action. Um, But I thought they did a good job of Mahomes. To me, they passed the eye test without their five-star players.
0: And the one thing with Mahomes, and he does this to everyone, is the fourth and two, he keeps the ball and gets the first down. There's a third and two, he keeps the ball, gets the first down. Both those plays in the first half, well defended, but it is hard to defend the other guy. And in this case, it's Patrick Mahomes. And Cardinals have their own, and Kyla Murray. It is difficult for defenses to account for everyone. Oh, and then don't forget the quarterback can run as well. Well,
1: initially they were 2-for-2 on fourth down, and and the Cardinals were getting them off on third down. But as the game went, I want to say they finished 50% on third down. They were 2-for-2 on fourth down. So the numbers are a little uh, uh, inflated based on what happened in the second half because they were getting off the field – um, but again, you're right. in those fourth downs, uh, they were they were two for two in the game.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs three of nine on third down in the first half. Yep, there you go. Seven of fourteen overall, but an O of four in the first quarter. So typically, you're getting the team off the field, yet they're rolling the dice. Talking about the Chiefs on fourth down, and that is something that I think a lot of teams do because you can you can try different things in the preseason. Because going back to what Kyler Murray says, it doesn't count. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Craig. Uh, I'm probably going to mention this a lot this year. I don't need to see 22 yard field goals from Matt Prater.
0: <laughs> no, but, no, it, is but good it, to it was have a them. 14
1: yes. play drive, 72 yards, chewed up 6 26. Listen, it beats the alternative, but you get that close. You yep. You got to get in. And I know that's the goal, and Cliff's going to have to make some decisions at 45 to 53, and they feel comfortable, but. I don't want to see a bunch of 22-yard field goals. That means you're leaving points on the board in the red zone.
0: Yeah, having Matt Prater there is a great asset but let's hope that he's using his leg for that 40 to 49-yard range. And when you get inside the 20, get inside the 25-yard line, you're punching it in because over time, during the course of a game, those points are going to add up, and you don't want three when you could get six, tack on the PAT, and all of a sudden it's a four-point swing. Well,
1: and we know when the Cardinals scored 24 points or more or less, they were eight and two. Now they finished 14th in the league, averaging 25.9. Only two teams in the league uh, scored over 30 points last year only two, and I think it was the Ravens and the Chiefs. So they're close, and they're, for a while, they were, when they were rolling, they were, again, y- you may not have to score 35 points with this defense, but you've you got to get into the 30s, kind of like my barometer on running the ball 30 times from a team standpoint, not one player. You get to 30, I think that's a good number.
0: And then, of course, you can also run the ball more if you're playing with the lead, especially a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. You're just handing the ball off.
1: And that's where James Conner, the four-minute offense, I mean, A, you're keeping their offense on the sidelines, and your defense is waiting to go back out there. That's that's the idea, and that's, that's what we talked about, finishing. And I thought they finished that Cowboys game like that.
0: One more note on the defense, and that would be Zayvon Collins. Just a couple of quick – plays that he had. We brought up the tackle for loss, the combined tackle for loss with Timukeji and then there was the play on the third defensive series. He goes up the middle and there was a big collision with Jarek McKinnon and he has the great ability, talking about Collins, as far as reading where the ball is going, whether it's going to be a run play, whether it's a pass play. He is quick on his feet as far as where he needs to be, and I think that's only going to get better with reps. Now, the negative was he missed a tackle on a screen pass to the fullback, and some of those open field tackles are more difficult, but there was some good, there was some bad I wouldn't even call it bad but just some areas for Zayvon Collins to clean up but he is without a doubt a very physical player and a very smart player once again did not notice any issues as far as the communication whether it's from the sideline or from Collins to the rest of his teammates not a lot of hands up in the air pointing this and that and I think that is great for this team moving forward now moving forward to the Saints game I do think we'll see a little bit of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons that's just that's that's just me just to kind of get them more snaps if they don't play I'm perfectly acceptable with it but when we talk about who plays and who doesn't somebody has to play you've got to find 11 offensive players Kevin Weaver there you go as an inside linebacker and you might even see a little Terrence Smith as well and exactly just you know you got to get through these 60 minutes, the final 60 minutes before the regular season. But not everyone can sit. That's the bottom line. All
1: right, a couple of updates. Both Brian Winters and Justin Murray are out there in the open portion of practice, and Max Williams has returned from Millis. All good news there again. Uh, even though they may not participate with all the 11-on-11, uh, 11 11, just the fact that they're on the field is means they're getting closer, and now it's time to get into football shape.
0: You know what else is getting closer? We are getting closer to Episode 1, uh, Folktale, something that a lot of people have worked very hard on this off season, kind of taking you behind the story for so the main story and episode one deals with or well, the title is called Legendary Locker, but deals with the locker that Pat Tillman once used and how that came to be a focal point within the Cardinals training facility, whether as a tour spot or just something that can stand out amongst the rest of the organization. But it's episode one, Legendary Locker, September eighth. On the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel.
1: Now you are part of this uh tales, and you've been behind the scenes, and you know. Hopefully, we'll hear you and see you because you do uh, some of the interviews. But I can't tell you from a media standpoint how many people I've talked to, and they're just thrilled to see this series. It, it's it's great stuff. I mean, it, the trailer they sent out. You just want more. I mean, it give you. The, I think it's 11 different episodes. Um, and it's different topics and the goalposts and going to Mexico and the whole – the Pat Tillman thing.
0: So Monday Night Meltdown. Monday Night Meltdown, one that yes. Dan Urban worked on. I was uh, – participated on the coin toss, yeah. the coin that did not flip, and then uh, Money Mike, Michael Adams, and then, his uh, play against the Green Bay Packers in the I, playoffs.
1: I did see the esteemed Mark Dalton in there. And also Jimmy Alejandro, it, he, he's, his acting chops are great when he's telling them – no, 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 don't, because they were doing construction in the locker room, and if Jimmy wasn't there or wasn't aware of it, that locker would have been in uh, the dumpster, and that did not happen. But uh, I can't say enough, to all the hard work you guys did, I'm serious. I mean, I, I, I watch it, and I'm like, man, this is uh, – it, it. It, it's just, it, working here and, and all the digital stuff we do and the content, it, to me it's up there with the flight plan.
0: It is something to watch and must-see watch. And, again, episode one, Legendary Locker, comes up September 8th on the Cardinals' official YouTube channel. It's uh, Folktales. Very proud of it and looking forward to it as well. Anything else you got, uh, MJ, whether about the game or what Cliff Kingsbury had to say about uh, the team prior to practice on Monday?
1: No, you know, uh, Friday, uh, I think it was just before the game, we found some news about Larry Fitzgerald.
0: He is still retired. He is not reporting to camp. And, yes, Fitz basically has one foot out the door, maybe a foot and a half out the door. Does not have the urge to play right now. Okay. But the door is open, perhaps. It's September, October, November, December. I just don't see it. He's working
1: out. Now, Darren Urban, who's covered Fitz just as long as I have, is adamant. This goes against Larry saying that he, you know, wouldn't chase a ring or he wouldn't wear another uniform. I'm telling you. When I see – and I've had conversations of quarterbacks, I'm not going to get into names and how much fun they were having last year. Week five, if somebody picks up the phone
0: and it's –
1: I'm not ruling anything out when it comes to Fitz playing this year. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, he has been steadfast on the record that he would play for only one team. Now, can you change your mind? Sure. And everyone does it. People change their mind. But it certainly would, one, be a stunner. And then, two, if your head's not in it all the way and it didn't sound like it based off his conversation with Jim Gray on SiriusXM, the show Let's Go, it certainly sounds like. And we've already heard from players, like, once you start thinking about retirement, you're done, especially when you want to play tackle football. I can just
1: tell you he's, he's working out. Oh, well, I work out too,
0: MJ. I'm not making a comeback. There was well, there's nothing to come back from, but yeah.
1: That's right. You're up at 4 a.m. walking in your you're walking in your
0: neighborhood. <laughs> got to get those steps in. I know. I know. know. Everyone but talks about steps. He's, he's got, got to get a personal my steps. trainer. You know. Yeah, I don't have that. Yeah, I mean, he, he,
1: Larry's not a guy we're going to see in 10 years where he's ballooned up and all that other stuff. But you know, Father Time has a winning record, but, hey, whatever he wants to do, I'm all for it.
0: Well, he's got to make sure he stays in shape because, you know, walking 18 holes, that takes a lot out of you too. (laughs) Don't forget about that.
1: Well, they do have a golf
0: cart. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) On that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.